80 grand. 100 grand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, fellas, I know. I know you're not in, which means no one cares what you know. 250. That's quite a raise. That's 150 on my 100. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to say? As you know, this puts us in an awkward position. I don't have enough to continue. Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. And we don't take ourselves too seriously. That's right. We play sounds like this, and also like this <laughs> <laughs> to get going, to get ourselves a little warmed up. I'm so sad. I'm so fucked up. <laughs> That's right, Adam Sandler. <laughs> and uh, this week. We've got a very exciting episode for you that I'm very excited to get into. Really? Why don't we just jump right in? Actually, I honestly I am actually like I I expected to I'm I'm curious what your take on this movie is going to be, but I was expecting to come into this being like man, this movie sucks. Like mm-hmm. I I cuz I saw this a lot when I was a kid and I I thought that I was coming into this like reevaluating it as an adult and being like Pfft. But I actually I I well, don't tell me what you think of it yet. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> Not in the first half. <laughs> the first half is for something else. Something else. And what is it for, listener? You might not know. Perhaps you're new here. You might be new here. This might be your first episode. Also, if, if you if it is your first episode, I'm Bryn, and that's Jeremy. That's right. In and we don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> those are the important things you need to know. Uh, the show is about movies, and we don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, so what we're going to talk about, instead of, we pick a movie, and in the second half we talk about it. In the first half, we talk about what else we watch this week. And Jeremy, I must ask, what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> this week, uh-huh. I, I watched uh, I watched the, uh, the hit film... Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Ooh, okay. Which you watched last oh, week or a couple weeks ago weeks or ago. something like that. Uh, Before I went to LA. Yes. I want to say, first and foremost, wow. What a fucking movie. Like, God damn, like, dude. I fuck. talked to somebody recently on a uh, a card game podcast. Interesting. Uh, and they didn't like that movie. You were on like, a card game podcast? Yeah, <laughs> card game podcast. Was, um, which card game was it about? The one I like. <laughs> uh and uh yeah i was like people don't like this movie it's incredible uh so yeah the card game guy didn't like it he didn't like it crazy i don't understand how you could not like it it's one of those rare movies that i watched and you knew i liked it i knew you liked it but but like there's a feeling that you get when you watch certain movies where you just know you're going to watch it again 
and not oh, yeah. because not in some sort of a like there might be stuff i missed or something like that like i want to like reinterpret it or or have it with different eyes or whatever it's the kind of movie that you just watch and you instantly know like you're going to have a long relationship with this movie like you're going to watch it a few times you're gonna you're like it's it's I don't want to say it's like a favorite movie or something like that, but it's like it's instantly in the pantheon of movies that I'm like, I will see this a few times over the course of my life. Like, I know for certain. Yeah, I think it's I think it is. If you haven't seen the movie, tell them what it's about, I guess. So it's a, it's about an immigrant family, a Chinese immigrant family who owns a laundromat. Uh, they are being audited by the IRS and um that's pretty much the setup and then um there's this (laughs) sort of like interdimensional time traveler version of the main character woman's husband who comes back not back in time comes across dimensions to talk to her and say like i there's a interdimensional threat to the universe you are the only person who can save us uh come join me in the interdimensional world to uh save everything yeah, uh, and then she does, and basically the movie is just like an unraveling of all that, and then it becomes a big metaphor for uh, parenting and for family and for a million other things about life. Regrets mostly, and yeah, like trying to ch- feeling like you should change your past and wishing you could do have other stuff. And- yeah, it is so good and so imaginative and so creative and so funny and i i remembered you saying that you thought the sense of humor was too random i didn't think that at all i thought it was really charming and really fun and like i thought it was it just kept reminding me of some of rick and morty's like worst fans um the thing is that we dis we we differ on what we think are the bad rick and morty Oh bits yeah, and fans. Yeah, I feel like I remember talking about this. That like, I I think that the people who like I think the best part of Rick and Morty isn't the sci-fi angle. Oh, I think the best part of Rick and Morty is the loose improvisational dialogue. That's what I've always liked about it. Is like the way that it feels like like I know they don't do it this way, especially because Rick and Morty are the same guy. Yes, <laughs> like the like the way that it feels when you watch a Rick and Morty like a good Rick and Morty episode. The way it feels like it was riffed and then animated. Right, and I know that's not how they do it because that's it wouldn't make sense to do it that way. That's how, uh, but they're able to make <laughs> it seem that way. That's how Aqua Teen is. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've seen like behind the scenes where they're just like. <laughs> but but, but aquatine is like much easier to do that right. with whereas rick and morty is like you'd be like you'd be like burning half your budget if you <laughs> did it that way <laughs> uh i don't know um yeah I, I i think it's not it's not the but that's the thing it's not the it's not the conversational funny dialogue it's it's the ideas that are sometimes a little too oh but those goofy. i mean i feel like they kind of come hand in hand but any, in any event, like the plumbus or whatever, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a weird thing, and it's like uh, I don't, I don't care for that one. That's a later thing. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> everything I, everywhere. All I at once. think it ends up working for the movie really well. Yeah, I just when I was watching the movie, I kept having this sort of like, like tightness where I was like, are they going to push this too far? Uh-huh. And I think on a second watch, I'll probably just love every part of it. But yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to. Yeah, like no, it. I, I, I really, I. I feel like I was very impressed by their restraint at times where I'm like, you could, it would be very easy <laughs> to push this idea too far. Yeah. 
like having the having the like the hot dog finger thing is 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 just a funny visual that you really can't go wrong with you can do everything you want with the hot dog finger concept (laughs) and you'll never push it too far Mm -hmm. but like when they got to the like you have this like early throwaway joke of raccoonie where it's like she can't say ratatouille right or she doesn't (laughs) remember it right she remembers it being a raccoon and then there's a universe where there is the raccoonie movie movie but But happening in in real life (laughs) uh that's an idea that you could have very easily pushed too far yeah and i was really happy to see where they limited it and yeah and, and so, how they did it there's so much going on that it's like it would be annoying if they did like take family guy ish like long detours where yeah. they explore that it's like no i want to they 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 use it as a sides to make you laugh mm-hmm. and then they move on focusing on the important part yes which the only is, one that they spend much time in is the one that's emotionally resonant that the they can actually one. yeah the one car y one that they can actually like spend some time into like actually add depth to what's happening I rather than so because fu- i didn't tell you about that because mm-hmm. i was trying to not go too deep into it but like th- i was not expecting that movie to make me like to affect me that emotionally yeah like when he starts telling his speech uh in the rain or like they're hiding under he's like oh, when smoking he, when he says the like uh the like in another universe in another lifetime or whatever i would have been happy doing laundry with yes. you yes oh my god fuck <laughs> right off with that i don't have oh, man. i don't have the emotional capacity <laughs> i don't it's have so time sad. to cry <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that really got me mm-hmm. and uh i yeah, i a was, truly i was a truly ex- beautiful and masterful film I really was surprised by like I knew it was going to be good because everybody has said it's good. Yeah. People who I trust have said it's good. I expected it to be good. I didn't expect to really really like vibe with it this hard. I think what's so great about it is I love its perspective. Mm-hmm. And I I so rarely get two things that I agree with so hard in the same movie. Yeah. Which is like they set up this concept that like literally there's we are nothing like it doesn't matter life doesn't matter and you can't no you can't you can't imbue it with enough to make it like not just a random chance but like the experience of what you're doing in life matters so much and you have to you have to live it yes (laughs) and like to to not live it is also not anything like it's it's nihilist to not live it um and to like re to somehow be a nihilist movie that reaffirms like the importance of like community and and family and connection like that yeah was astounding like i don't i mean like what it's trying to do psychologically and, and emotionally is like i think so genius yeah I think it's a I think it's a really wonderful film and I think one of the things I was really struck by is after I finished it I went to the Wikipedia page to to just read a little bit about it. It only cost 25 million dollars to make that movie. <laughs> That's what the budget of that movie was, 25 million dollars. How much fucking coverage did they get? How many different How? shots of everything did they have like 
how many different shots did it take to do those like flippy do little things where it's like her face in a million different environments that's i know the crazy. costuming alone the, the 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 way they were able to stretch a dollar on this movie is fucking insane <laughs> i just like i don't even understand i can't even begin to wrap my head around how cheap this movie was for how good it was yeah like that's crazy that this is like this is the kind of movie that you should show in film school when you're talking about budgets like this is like when you're talking about Absolutely. like actually making a movie and like the nuts and bolts of doing it this is something you should show. I would like to talk to them. Daniel's come on the show. I would like to talk to them for an hour about like how they made those budgets for. Yeah, how did you? Like, what corners did you cut? Like what kind? Are, how did you make? Please this work? tell me we weren't using slave labor because like how? Yeah, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Um, and then yeah, so it's it's a it's an it's an astonishing feat. I think to make this movie because it's it is at once like an artistic triumph. It's something that you can, with a straight face, put against like a Jodorowsky film, yeah, or a, you know, a, a, maybe not a Tarkovsky film, but like it up there, you know, like it is something that she, is a real piece of art. Um, and then it's also just like so fun to watch. Like I'd watch it right now. Like yeah. it, it, I, I, I felt I had as much fun as like the Wedding Singer mm-hmm. or the Fugitive. You know, just a fun like cozy movie. Yeah, definitely. Um. But it's also so philosophically meaty. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent film. And then when I finished it. Movie, movie of the year, probably. Easily. Yeah. Easily movie <laughs> of the year. Uh, no question about it. And uh, it's such a good movie, in fact, that I'm certain that the Academy will ignore it. A hundred percent. There's no chance. Nothing for it. <laughs> nothing for it. Not even like one of the throwaway visual ones, I bet you. Not a goddamn thing. I bet maybe they'll get costume. Although, a nomination, although, maybe not even a win. Although I'll say this movie did have some really good, like, woke uh, PR. That's true. You, it did. Did I you mean, hear about you, the Kehei Kwan, like, uh, story where it's like he's he's short round and Oh, data. yeah, no, I knew that, yeah. And it's like his first movie back because of, like, his struggles being an Asian-American actor. And, I mean, he just blows it out of the water like on Un- fucking believable <laughs> a guy who hasn't acted since the 80s just out of nowhere being like oh by the way i'm an incredible actor it's funny because like i i saw this and i thought like oh he'll probably do a okay job mm-hmm. like i because I, I saw tons of people tweeting at how good of a job he did and i was like all right well we'll see you know like he's not like incredible as a kid actor he's fine you know yeah, he's yeah, short fine, round or yeah. whatever uh and he's what is he called in uh, in the Goonies? Data. Data. Yeah, he's like a fine kid actor. Yeah, but like I didn't expect him to put in like one of the most like emotionally moving scenes. But yeah, no, I really thought I'd he seen was. Forever. Uh, I really thought he was like um, the kid who plays uh, Chunk in that movie. Um, Chunk. Chunk is that his name? The truffle, the, the truffle the, shuffle the guy, chub, the fat kid. One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, you know, he does that movie and then he doesn't do movies anymore ever again. He's like a fucking lawyer now or something like that. He just like has a regular life. He is like that. And so, I, yeah, so that's what I figured was the case with him. And then he just kind of like returned to movies for this. Like, uh, you know, you're you're out of practice. Like you'd be forgiven. <laughs> yeah, for not for being, being the best actor yeah, in for the being movie. like, okay. He really steals the fucking show from yeah. a like real ass movie star. Michelle, yeah. Yeah, like uh, acting against it. Like, steals the motherfucking show big time uh and you know what's crazy about that scene 
is that like it is just aping another movie like you've seen in the mood for love no but i i'm I'm familiar oh we got to put that on the list it's incredible it's one of my favorite movies but it somehow still makes it feel like it's its own thing even Mm -hmm. though it's like basically stealing it like it's i mean it's doing a tarantino right it's like it's 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 stealing something so well that it's yours now a hundred percent um so what i was gonna say though is is uh after watching it though i went and i i looked into what else the daniels had done and i saw uh they the only other movie they've made the only other feature length is swiss army man yeah uh i have not watched that i watched the first 15 minutes of it (laughs) uh and it seems rough i i went to the to the generation lost discord and i asked our dear listeners uh if I don't like it 15 minutes in, will I like it at the end? And generously, they said no. <laughs> so I didn't finish it. I let the rental lapse and I did not. I, I paid, uh, I believe, three ninety nine to Damn. watch 15 minutes of Swiss Army I'm going to try and watch it. I know it starts really stupid with like a farting Daniel Radcliffe or whatever. It's nothing but farting Daniel Radcliffe, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try and make it pass just because I want to see what they were trying to get at. Uh, I don't know if I'll like it, but... It's a tough It's a tough watch. I thought it was very... Stupid. Very stupid, <laughs> yes. Um, um, I just... Based on how... Like, this is just like nearer... I don't know what I rated on Letterbox or what my initial feelings were. It, it was high, but as I've sat with it, like I love it more and more. Um, and so I feel like it's, it's, it's like a, you know, it's like a high number, eight, nine, ten, maybe. Yeah. I believe I uh, gave it a four and a half. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, like, I think I also gave it a four and a half and I don't know why. Like, like I'm trying to imagine what the I would want what out of the, the other what half. What was the half? Yeah. yeah, it's like it's something I I I, I notice in myself is just like, well, I'm not going to give it a five unless it's perfect. Unless what? Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't know. I I feel like I'm only ever giving a five if it's out of like, like if it's for comic effect. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I've I got fives. Like I gave cats a five. <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, the turn horses a five. The, uh, the my top four favorite movies up here: Possession, Songs from the Second Floor, Stalker. But those are like old and like, you know. But I feel like every once in a while I'll just see a five, and I'll just be like, "Oh, this is a, or a ten or whatever." Yeah, you know, this is a perfect film. Um, and that one just, I think it it feels so new uh, that I'm not sure. But I I I definitely. I definitely liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, great, great, and, great, great. And movie. so I don't know. I I want to say that the Daniels should have just as much money or more to make another movie, but it's like, what happens if you have a big whiff and a, and a great, you know, movie? The thing that, the thing that really upsets me is I know, like, I feel like I can feel it in my bones already that the Daniels are gonna get wrapped up in some Marvel shit. Don't say that. I know, but it's <laughs> it it's a very believable situation, unfortunately. I hope not. <laughs> I feel like they have explicitly stated they don't want that. I hope so. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I really I really hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. They do seem like they would 
do something they do like seem that. like they would and this is the kind of movie and this is the kind of success story that you know marvel is looking at with those big dollar sign eyes <laughs> yeah because this movie is so successful and it's and it's 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 an aesthetic and a style that would slot very easily into what they do Absolutely. i'm thinking of him as kind of like a uh you know a what's his name the super guy whatever like you know like it, it's the kind of thing where they look at it and they're like big indie success that's Ta- kind Taika of like Waititi or um yeah, Taika Waititi is a good example too but I'm, the guy who made super uh oh, um, who does the fucking guardians movies you know J- uh, james gun gun that's right james gun yeah like it, it's the kind of thing where it's like ooh big big hit indie movie kind of a bit action oriented mm-hmm. you know like and it's good action and it's good action one thing we didn't i don't think i either of us really talked about is like it's just a fun action it's movie just good too. it's good action the fucking yeah. fighting is like inventive it's not i don't know if it's as inventive as i would i don't know if i would say it's as inventive as the matrix but it is kind of up there like there's yeah it's fucking crazy shit there's going crazy on. shit going on it's kind of like it's very like jackie chan oriented uh-huh. at times where it's who was like, supposed to be the lead who was supposed to be the lead that's a very interesting uh thing to consider i don't i'm i'm happy it turned out the way it of did course, i think Michelle it would have been worse for it kills it uh because i mostly because i think that uh having a wife instead of a husband would be a problem like I think that having sure. having the person who's not the action person being a woman kind of sucks, right? Because like, what do you like? You'd have to write around like, why do you want to? Why does your wife want a divorce? Why do you? I guess he would be the ineffectual, like nebbish one, and, mm-hmm. and she would be like more like outgoing and wanting him to do stuff. Yeah, I just be sort of a more like tired convention mm-hmm. whereas this is like i i hesitate to say this but i feel like they're playing on tropes of how chinese americans are treated mm-hmm. and um perceived in in real life and in film definitely and and they're subverting sort of a very being, common trope in film yeah which is like action star husband you know sidekick helper wife yeah and her being sort of the stern emotionally distant mother uh is sort of kind of the the stereotype and her kind of going through this to like understand where her daughter's coming from how to like manage her family and like pay attention to people and not like pine for something she doesn't have and exploring her internal life that way. Oh, man, it's such, such a good movie. Yes, very good. I love it. What did you Go watch this week? All right. This week I watched... I, I'm going to... Let's see. How much time do we have? Um, not much. Not much. Uh, we gushed about the movie. That's great. Um, real quick, I just want to say, I also, on the plane, forgot to mention that I watched Wall Street <laughs> by Oliver Stone for the first time Excellent. in my life. And I wanted to point out that it is very funny... Because it's a movie from 1986 about how bad finance capital is, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like a movie for babies. <laughs> you know, it's just like this guy is gonna buy the company and put workers out of business. He's yeah. a bad guy, and it's just like <laughs> pointing out like the most obvious shit uh-huh. as though it's like some sort of surprise all the time, right? And it 
it clearly wasn't on the nose enough because it spent like a decade being like a thing people wanted to be. Like I want to be even, Gordon Gecko. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say they they even made a fucking sequel to it and shit to be, which I didn't see. But yeah. have you seen the movie Wall Street original? Uh, no. Oh, really? It's so funny because I I thought it was like pro Wall Street when I was a kid because everyone thought like rappers talk about Gordon Gecko. Well, and it's the same cool thing with um wolf of wall street like <laughs> yeah you know you see like douchebags today being like yo if i could live like jordan belfort like i'd do two years yeah until he <laughs> of course but that's the point of the movie that he didn't got a slap on the wrist or right whatever. uh that movie's pretty good uh that wolf of wall street mm. i thought uh one of my favorite scorsese's because it's funny um not as good as casino though um nor uh um uh, after hours not as good as after hours but it's very fun um but this movie was uh, not very funny, not very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sort of paint by numbers, like a kids movie about why finance capitalism is bad. So it, like it is good politically, but it's just so. Do you think obvious. it's valuable to show to kids? Yeah, I would say it's definitely like a, a movie about a working class family and the, like someone getting sucked into like this bigger life and. Yeah, it's like a good movie to show to teenagers. Mm. Um, but it's funny as a. 35 year old i was just like what <laughs> like everyone knows this in 2022 but maybe right. it's because i'm an adult and i'm a communist but anyway it was it, i was sort of disappointed at how like shallow it was right it was just like i'm just a n- normal union man why are you doing this to me son you know <laughs> uh but uh it was uh it's okay i don't recommend it unless you just want to watch charlie sheen be funny um and then I watched, uh, also real quick, uh, last night I watched Moonfall, which is uh, <laughs> Roland Emmerich's new movie, which was a huge financial failure and a bomb. Really? It cannot be understated is how it really, fucking it, stupid it is. <laughs> is it like Majora's Mask? Is it really just like the moon is literally going to fall into the earth? Uh, so for the first most of the movie, yes. it. They don't know why it's happening. Well, you get a sense that something else is going on. Cause there's like this weird, like monster that attacks a spaceship at the beginning. Like it's mm-hmm. like a big, uh, big black oil gel thing. That's like coming out of the moon. Um, that's like some sort of monster or whatever. Uh, the movie cost for $146 million and Ooh. made 58. Uh, so it didn't even make half its money back. Whoa, Roland! Uh, <laughs> uh, big, big whiff there. Um, but it, it it's basically for the first like most of the movie, like the first hour, it's basically just Melancholia by Lars von Trier, but dog shit. Mm-hmm. Just like an absolutely terrible film. You know, you got people like walking up to computers who are in suits and being like talking to a NASA nerd and be like, well, someone tell me what the hell I'm looking at. Like literally that is the line in the Good movie. Lord. You know, it's like, it's like, they, yeah. it's like it was the year after Armageddon. They were still yeah, trying somebody, to cash in somebody is like the, the lunar orbit is blah, 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 blah. English, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they get to the moon. It's one of these dumb things. They do it's an, like an Armageddon. They it's like an they Armageddon. have to go to the moon to do something. They go to the moon uh it's uh patrick wilson halle berry and samuel tarley patrick for- wilson mm-hmm. like night ho- night owl from, yeah uh, fucking Watchmen. fucking dwight Schrute. <laughs> no that's rain wilson uh night owl from Watchmen or uh the dad are they brothers from- i don't think so they're just wilson's they kind of look 
similar. Patrick Wilson? He's sort of like chiseled. Uh, I guess he is sort of uh, <laughs> a bit schlubby in, in Watchmen. Get the fuck. They're not. Re- the, I thought they were the same guy. This okay. guy. Yeah, no, I mean, I know the guy, but I thought they were the same guy. He's in Phantom of the Opera, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's the he's the boyfriend. Maybe he is related. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, it's him and Halle Berry, who's awful, and uh, Samuel Tarley from Gambo. Yeah. Um, who's funny. He's like a, a, he's a, a conspiracy theorist who thinks the moon is hollow. Um, and he's right. Because they get there, and the moon is hollow. <laughs> and... Uh, it's a Dyson sphere and a what? A, like uh it is it is the shell of a piece of machinery surrounding a white dwarf star that's tiny apparently uh to harness energy okay. to, to like make the world run or whatever. Nice. Um and so like there's a big info dump like right in the last 15 minutes of the movie it's like actually uh there was Oh wait, so they're setting it up for like a moonfall two or whatever <laughs> i don't even know it's just like in the past there was humans here and they captured the dyson's they did a dyson sphere on this and this is the moon and then they captured all the energy and they had ai and it's like ferrofluid like little black dots that like became sentient and then killed everybody and now the they're trying to attack the earth and then you have to stop them okay and then the last like 10 minutes of the movie is a big action sequence where they stop it and that's the end of the movie uh, it sucks and it's bad and never watch it, but it is very funny. There's some really funny, very stupid parts. It's like on another level of doesn't make any sense. Right. I uh, hadn't really seen a movie that made that little sense in a long time. Like, give me an example. <laughs> like, because the moon is so close, uh, there's a scene where as they're taking off to go to the moon, the water is like coming up like of the ocean oh okay, is like chasing them because yeah because oh like like the, the stakes of the scene are we have to escape the water yeah and then because <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's starting from a dumb guy position of being like well the moon has gravity the moon has gravity well and the moon does tides like we know the moon is related to tides <laughs> yeah. so what if like the moon being too close to the earth makes the water go nuts what if it makes it suck up to the moon and then it's like what but the moon isn't involved in this scene the moon is still far but it's close enough where that it's sucking the water up and then their families are watching them go like on the shore so there's just like 300 foot waves that are being sucked up into the sky and then they leave and then they're like okay and then they just get up and leave, and then the tides start rushing at them, and then there's like a chase scene, but then it doesn't even really resolve. It's just like the next scene that they, they weren't hurt. <laughs> oh, wait, the chase scene is with the people on the ground. Because the water like stops being pulled by the moon, I guess. Why would it stop being pulled I if don't it gets know. closer? <laughs> and, and, and when they fix the moon or whatever... Mm-hmm. Then everything just stops. Everything just gets back it's to just normal. just go back to normal, yeah. And they harness the Dyson Sphere, I guess. And then at the end, they're just like greeted as heroes and whatever. Great. It's so stupid. (laughs) I gotta Uh, watch this uh, shit, dude. That sounds awesome. I guess we don't have time to talk about the last one. We should talk about we should talk about this one. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. Remind me to talk about uh, we already talked about it on the Discord a little. It's fine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. French Dispatch. I just wanted to say that I really loved the French Dispatch. I thought it was 
probably his second best movie. Like I was second I best. was really impressed with it. I love second it. best. Yeah. I think it's be- I think it's Grand Budapest and then this. Get out of here. Better than Life Aquatic? I liked it a lot. I think I think I do agree on while I was watching it, this is my thought. In retrospect, I think I agree that the middle part is weak enough to maybe push it down to third. Mm. Um it sags a lot, I feel. I did, I I was riveted. I thought it was fun. I had a gra- I loved the texture of this one and I think it's just something It's it's a very good texture movie, I agree. Um and I was very something I found very funny and very interesting is uh it is possibly the only Wes Anderson movie I can think of where he has two angles on a shot. Did you notice that? Like shot reverse shot? Not quite a shot. I mean, I guess it, I, I don't know technically if it's a shot reverse shot, but I mean like uh, in the scene where the woman is giving the lecture uh, and oh yeah, and we're seeing her and he from pushes head in. on and then we see one that's a, it's an angle shot. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what? That's not a I don't know what it was <laughs> like because like in a regular movie, you're like, okay, cool. He's got other coverage. Like, you yeah. don't even notice it because it's just a normal ass thing. But like because it's Wes Anderson, like when he cut to an angled shot, I was like, what the fuck? It feels like he's specifically <laughs> like calling to a PBS like show. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. He, it's like it just feels very out it's of fascinating. place. It's fascinating. It's, 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 it, I, I never thought that I'd be so intrigued by somebody <laughs> filming from a 45 degree yeah. angle, but I'm like, he doesn't do that. But very I think often. Uh, we'll talk about it. Why next is he time. doing it? But I think the last, the last, uh, James Baldwin, if James Baldwin was a food writer thing mm. at the end was, I think one of his most like politically and emotionally poignant thing he's ever done. Like I thought it was incredible. Interesting. I loved it so much. And uh, yeah, so we'll talk about it next week. I thought it was good. If you like Wes Anderson, watch that movie. We'll talk when about we it have more time. Yes. This week, we simply must get to the movie we watched this week. Guy Ritchie's first film. Yes. Lock, stock, two smoking barrels, mate. Mate. Uh, this Boy. movie stars Jason. Jason motherfucking Statham in his Statham. first in his first movie, mm-hmm. and uh, basically no one else. The right? only other the only other names in it are uh, Sting. Oh yeah, Sting is in this. Sting weird, like, is in it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A couple of these dudes are in other Guy Ritchie movies, and then uh, Vinnie Jones is in a couple other things. Uh, he plays oh, yeah. he plays Big Chris, and this is also his first movie. He's a footballer. He's a footballer. Oh, he plays Juggernaut in X Men: The Last Stand. He's yeah. in stuff. He's, he's in got, stuff. He, he yeah, Vinny, stuff. Vinny Jones is around. He's in uh, uh, Gone in sixty seconds. He did look really familiar. Ooh, oh, that's where I knew him from. Uh, uh, which 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 guy is this? Big Chris. No, no, Winston. Winston is also in Underworld One and Two. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. There, there's a couple people, but it, it's yeah. they're all really early on. In they're really careers. early on in the career. Uh, just right off the bat, like the 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 fact that you discovered Jason Statham is pretty crazy. That is really insane. Just I as as that. a film history thing, it's like, damn, dude! Like <laughs> he goes on to be a huge mega star. Like he's also like the likes of which England doesn't really often get. He's also like really underutilized here. I was like, surprised by that too. I was he's like, not the main character. He's not the main character. <laughs> You've got a future fucking movie star, and he's like. He's not even the main sidekick in the group. Yeah, no, Eddie is the main guy. He's kind of like the third guy. guy. 
<laughs> yeah, he just like has a cool yeah, voice, dar- I guess. Dark hair verve guy is the main <laughs> is, is our main character. <laughs> and then uh fat, yeah, he's the a- guy who they keep calling fat even though he's skinny is the is the main sidekick. Tom. Jason Statham is probably the third sidekick. Right. And then Soap is the fourth. He's definitely the sidekickiest. Yeah. He has barely anything to do. There's too many people <laughs> in this movie. Too many people in this movie, but I will say I was impressed by how well they're able to define everybody. Oh, I disagree. I I didn't know what was going on in this movie. I had to keep pausing it and reading the Wikipedia because I could. I had the. Uh, had you ever seen it before? No. Okay. We you watched it because I hadn't seen it. I thought that's why you put it on the list. I don't remember. Oh, uh, well, let's let's go through what the movie's about real quick. Okay. So basic, basic, basic story. It's a very complex story. I'll give you that. There's a lot of shit There's going on. There's a lot on. of moving parts, but the basic part, like the the basic thing, is that uh, we it's have a, simple. we have a main character who's really good at playing cards. They send him, him and his buddies all gather Or at least up. they think he is. They think he is. He seems like he's pretty good. I don't know. He's he's supposed to be pretty good at playing cards. He uh, uh, he and his friends gather together $100,000 or pounds, mate, <laughs> uh, to, to play in a high stakes card game with big time criminals. Uh, yes. They, they've all seemingly scratched together everything they've ever earned in their lives to get him into this game to try to better their lives. He goes to play the game. Uh, against this guy hatchet harry who's kind of a big time criminal in town in jolly old jolly old england and uh they they go to play this game and uh hatchet harry cheats he uses a little morse code machine to inform him of when he should raise the stakes and whatever so he cheats he wins and now uh the boys owe him a lot of money five hundred thousand pounds yeah uh they owe him half a million pounds and uh they've got to figure it out in a week or else he's going to fucking kill them and also steal his dad's bar and um right that's what sets everything in motion and it seems like he specifically wanted that's, that bar. was what the outcome was that he wanted was to begin with because his dad owns the bar outright there's no like mortgage or nothing on it so it's a very easy thing to just snatch from somebody yeah uh and then uh so they have to figure out how to find five hundred thousand dollars they come up with a scheme to rob the next door neighbors who are big time professional criminals who are themselves doing a heist of a weed grower guy mm-hmm. they're gonna rob them when they get back from the heist uh, so they do, and then they try to sell the weed to this other guy who is a big-time professional weed seller guy who just so happens to be the financier of the weed seller guys. So he gets pissed off, and he's like, are they trying to fucking steal my weed and sell it back to me? I'm going to go murder them. He goes to murder them, but lo and behold, he accidentally gets there at the same time as the next-door neighbors get there to murder them. Yeah. So they all murder each other, and then... Uh, uh, Somehow or another, they all end up at Hatchet Harry's office, and he gets murdered too. And there's kind of this like fun, sort of comedic thing that's happening where uh, the boys just keep showing up places where everybody has already died, and the action <laughs> has already taken place, and they keep just getting there and being like, "What fuck, the fuck? Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> and this money never ends up uh, getting anywhere but uh, Vinnie Jones, uh, which at the end of the movie, you're kind of like, "Hey, good for you, man." Well, no, they get the money. Oh, they get the oh, they get the guns. They get the guns at so the end, which are worth money. there's another thing where like yeah, there's these guns that they, these two stupid guys probably the most superfluous part of the story. Like it's really not helping anything at all. But it is kind of it's it's for for being a superfluous part of the plot. I'm very. It's the last shot. 
It's the last shot is is uh, Tom uh, hanging off the side of a bridge where he can only reach the guns or his phone. Uh, and they're trying, and they're to, trying call to call him, saying, him to tell him don't throw away the guns because they're worth money. But I will and say not that much. That I thought they were going to be worth like a million dollars, but they're like two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred thousand, which is like yeah, which better than they better than they started, which was zero. Uh, <laughs> at the very least, it recoups them their money that they put into the card game to begin right. with. Right. It gives them basically each a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the movie is a sort of... Oh, but wait, wait. So what I was going to say about the guns is that for being completely superfluous to the plot altogether, they're kind of an extra add-on that doesn't really do much uh, for the sure. story overall. Uh, they are used very funnily. Like, I, I find them holding up these guys with antique giant <laughs> guns very funny. Yeah, and it's working every time. Like, yeah. two different people do that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it always works. Um, so yeah, the movie is is basically kind of a slapstick Home Alone, but about <laughs> if, if if like a wannabe Tarantino made a, like Ocean's Eleven or something. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of heists. It's a lot of double crossing. It's a lot of uh, you know trying to get back money. Yeah, it's a it's very of its time. Mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, colored like it's almost a sepia like it's it's not black and white it's in color yeah but it there's certain but it's shots. really weirdly like drab coloring and yeah, stuff it's really desaturated for some reason uh which doesn't look cool to me it, it's no sort of just ugly looking uh yeah and, the, and, it, and the, it's really uneven too like it, it sometimes it'll not be that like yeah, it doesn't <laughs> feel like it was like color corrected right it's it, an independent film it it the the weaknesses of the movie i think the biggest weakness is visual right it's like while i think that he i don't know visual is too broad i think because he because he, he is, actually picks really good shots yeah. sometimes like there's uh there's scenes where you see this like block where they live and the gangsters are next door and whatever where they film these buildings in such a way where it's like this like intense angle that like makes it look really like claustrophobic for being like outside on the street. Yeah. It's really interesting, mm-hmm. but visual isn't right, but it's like color and tone and lighting especially are big problems in this movie. Right. A cin- a lighting is, wise, is to me one of the worst problems in this movie. <laughs> cinematography wise, they don't know what they're doing. Uh, they're trying to make a movie that looks like go or mm-hmm. Run Lola Run. Uh, yeah, Run Lola Run is a good one. Yeah, and not it's, not succeeding. You know what it is? It's it's the hallmarks of somebody who thinks like like I did in college, where you think that like the main thing that a cinematographer is doing, like the main thing you have to do as a director, even is is frame shots. You know, mm-hmm. like his framing, I think is is often very good. Yeah. Uh, he has a very good eye for framing, but like color, yeah, color, lighting, tone. It's 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 just bad <laughs> most of the time. He doesn't do it. It just feels like it feels like they don't have a lot of money, and yeah. there is some stuff that I recall being sort of the the memorable parts of the movie at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like are in hyper slow motion. They don't know how to light for that. They're mm-hmm. doing slow motion on film, like really slow motion. 
uh, and uh, it just like gets really dark because <laughs> they didn't like they didn't have the money probably to like blast the scene with light. Yeah. Because um, you have to. Um, so it just gets like obviously dark and it's like silly. And I don't really understand why half the time the really super slow motion is happening. Yeah. Like especially the very first one where they're just like running. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because and, I think he wants to like for comedic effect of like the briefcase like flying open to like throw all the shit everywhere yeah. or whatever he wants to really like play up how f- how like small time and petty these guys are at the time right yeah i think i think my biggest issue with this movie well first of all my biggest issue with this movie is that i couldn't follow it like mm. it does make a kind of sense but there's just a lot of stuff that are like I, I, I try not to be like pedantic about like plot holes, but there's stuff that just feels like this is your first time writing a movie mm-hmm. where it's like, wait, why would he do that? Like, uh, can you think of an example? Um, I, okay. So <laughs> their plan, ni- like Nick, the Greek, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the biggest confusion I had is like Nick, the Greek is going to sell the weed that they steal because their plan is to they overhear the neighbors yeah who are going to go the, rob the main, the weed the main thing is that they're going to rob the weed growers they're going to they're going to rob the robbers mm-hmm. and then take that and sell it to nick they're going to give it to nick the greek to sell it to sell to rory yeah right what does nick think rory does and like he knows that Rory sells drugs. He doesn't know, like, like it's, the it's, it's believable that he wouldn't know that Rory specifically finances these weed growers. He wouldn't. And what did the, what were the neighbors gonna sell it to? I don't know that they even knew they were gonna get weed. <laughs> I kind of got the impression that they were just there for the cash, and the weed was kind of like a nice extra for them. Because, like, you remember, like, uh, when when the little annoying guy is, like, hanging out at the weed grower's place, he knocks over the shoebox with the money in it, and that's when he gets the idea to rob them, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I've seen this movie a million times, so, like, <laughs> I definitely, like, uh, uh, like I, I can sympathize with the idea of not following it, because I, I definitely it, didn't follow it for a long time. It felt very, like it feels like it's asking you to gloss over some like pretty silly things or it's just like, why is Rory like, why are they trying to, why don't they know anything? It's people just do stupid stuff because they're stupid characters because the plot. Yeah. And, and it's and, like, and, and, and there's stuff that you're asked to believe. That's a little unbelievable. Like, for example, like the thing that I, that stuck out to me was that like Nick, the Greek, being un- incapable of getting a gun for them was kind of like unbelievable to me. I was like, why yeah. would, why wouldn't he be able to, get, he can get like any, they, they say at the beginning of the movie, like these two are like, you know, they're, they're d- deep in criminal world, whatever, like the, it can get you anything you want. And Nick, the Greek is like, well, I could find you these antique guns. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> right. Why wouldn't you be able to get him because a fucking they're gun worth money? And they want them to have them for later in the yeah. plot. And it's just, it's written very plotty. Uh, and, that kind of stuff wouldn't bother me if it was a straight up comedy that was very funny. Mm-hmm. But, but I it's not very funny. I didn't find this movie that funny. There's parts that are funny, but they're very like trailer funny. Like yes. uh, uh, 
like when they're stuck in the cage and they keep getting shot with the pellet gun and he says can everybody stop getting shot <laughs> that's a funny line but yeah. it's also like that's very clearly a trailer line mm-hmm. um in fact i remember it being in the trailer uh i don't remember the trailer i don't think i've seen a single image from this movie like i definitely read about it uh when i was in high school i read a book called rebels on the back lot mm-hmm. uh which was about like six indie directors who were like doing stuff outside of the studio system yeah um i think one of them was guy Ritchie, um but i definitely remember reading like stuff about him yeah. being sort of a like you know a cool indie guy and i, I think my my big issue with this movie is that it feels like decisions made because he saw reservoir dogs Mm -hmm. decisions made because Pulp Fiction has existed for, you know, years now run little run. It's like, it feels very of its time. And he's like, I'm going to do stuff. That's cool. I'm going to do stuff. That's like high energy, high octane. Yeah. And that, I think like the natural comparison for it is um, Boondock Saints, right? Because Which the two sucks. of them, well, but, right? So, so <laughs> this movie's the, better than Boondock Saints. That's what I was gonna say. Far. Is like the the two obvious comparisons, right? It's it because they're both very influenced by Tarantino, and they're yeah. both very influenced by this style of movie that's becoming very popular. There's a million copycats of of Tarantino at this time. The ones that rise to the top are are like this and and Boondock Saints, and I think that this is like just like miles ahead of boondock saints this is a oh, of much more competent <laughs> and much more enjoyable movie i actually i i was surprised how much i liked it again like because i haven't seen it since i was you know maybe like just out of college would be the last time i could remember watching this i feel um, like this movie is more interested in like stuff like goodfellas mm-hmm. and like doing like crime stuff that is even more bumbling than that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and remember goodfellas is like 1990 like it's not that far ago, long ago so it's like they're ripping off of each other and scorsese and sure. tarantino and i think the thing about guy Ritchie is that he came in with with such a a vibe and it was being british <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's he made like, it completely what if tarantino own. was british that's kind of right. his his his, it, his pitch at the time and it makes it a very different thing it's funnier it's like more straight up slapsticky comedy mm-hmm. it's more like gritty and and dirty and gray and and the characters are less competent i like that about it yeah. i like that like i like that our main characters like i i appreciate the idea of them just like showing up where the action has already happened and just being like what <laughs> i i love that first although scene. they they overstate it in the second, the second one, one. <laughs> when he's like he's like like not again yeah. and you're like shut up couldn't you have just said it with your eyes come on <laughs> i think it's an interesting movie to watch and then watch snatch because snatch is this but good yeah i'd like to watch snatch again now that i've watched this i might do that this week because all of the characters are so much more defined and interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has fun nicknames and like they're incompetent in realistic ways. Yeah. Whereas like in this movie, there's two characters that are like brain damaged. Like the ki- the guys who steal the guns yeah. who are just like, what is a gun? Right, <laughs> you know, like yeah, they don't yeah. know anything and they have to because like it's the only way he could like get the guns from A to B. Uh, and it's just like okay. I don't even know that they needed to be that stupid because I <laughs> I think that the thing that they say to him makes perfect sense to me because he says to them everything in the gun cabinet is ours, everything outside the gun cabinet is yours. 
that's a very simple rule to set up for that scene. They could have been perfectly fine, normal dudes. And the, you know, the dude has the old gun in his arms. They take it from him. They're like, sorry, dude, tough shit. It was outside the gun cabinet. That's ours. You don't have to be fucking idiots for that to have worked. They could have been normal dudes. I think it's just like maybe like I can't tell how much of it is like bad writing, just like a, you know, a younger guy's first screenplay kind of thing. And how much of it is like cultural. Mm. Like, I think there is sort of a there is a cultural thing there because they, they call attention to it in the strip club. Where they're watching the world's worst stripper. <laughs> this is something that really stuck out to me. They are watching the most busted stripper with absolutely nothing going for her. She has like, z- like, like, uh, like, no pizzazz. No, no pizzazz at all. No pizzazz. But also like, like a a like concave ass. <laughs> I just like I was watching it like because you see her behind them and I'm just like I'm like so distracted from what's going on in their conversation because I'm like where is her ass and then she turns around and I'm like she doesn't have tits either so what's going on with the stripper and then they like pan up to her face I'm like no (laughs) what guy Richie you couldn't hire a stripper (laughs) what is going on in Britain what is going on is this what regular strippers look like over there we have british listeners right in (laughs) yeah please email us at generation lost yeah are your strippers busted what's going on (laughs) wait is it generation lost pod at gmail generation lost pod at gmail okay uh yeah and his hair is like ricky gervais in season two Mm -hmm. of extras where it's like just this weird like white guy fro yeah I'm like, what? Is, I don't know. There's some sort of like references I'm not getting or something. For sure. Uh, so I don't know. I, I thought that this movie was a little too stupid for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, I don't like Reservoir Dogs. Like, I think that movie is Yeah, stupid. I think that sucks. I think it's a dumb movie. I think Pulp Fiction is way better than Reservoir Pulp Dogs. Pulp Fiction is a very good movie. I, I, I think that... This movie it has a lot more fun with itself than Reservoir Dogs, and so I'm okay with it, like not making that much sense, mm-hmm. um, or like being sort of script, very scripty. Um, but I, th- you know, what I'm also surprised about there's not that much, uh, there's not that much in it that is like offensive. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, the movie doesn't really take pot shots; it just sort of makes like. It just sort of makes yeah. They it, they like humor. say faggot a few times. That's like the worst it gets to. There's almost no violence. I noticed that you like don't see much. Yeah, because they don't have any camera. money. They don't have any money. But also like, I just was surprised that like, like for being this genre and for the way that I remember it, like you only see one person get shot. You only see violence happen to like one or two people. Yeah, the hatchet scene. Yeah. Like when he throws the hatchet. He throws the hatchet. It's all in that sequence. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. see uh, him, you see the, the one dude get shot with the fucking huge ass gun. He gets blown away. And then you see the hatchet hit the dude's back. And then in a moment later, you see Chris fucking like slamming the guy's head. Oh, yeah. But you don't even see the dude's head. You Chris just see is, him I think, slamming. the best part of the movie. Yes. Um, absolutely, yes. He's really good. Him, <laughs> His relationship with it. He's got his kid with him the whole yeah. time. Uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I I think it's yeah they're very funny together. Uh, something I so I was expecting to come into this and be like I you know it doesn't hold up very well because I feel like it it somewhere along the line it, it got this sort of stink of like freshman 
uh, film oh, sure. school boy no, it is. sort of thing. And 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 but like I think that it kind of because of that it got leveled out in in the same space as a Boondock Saints. And I was expecting to watch it and be like, man, this is oh. a fucking disaster. This is a mess. This is a piece of garbage. But I was surprised at like, even though, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a fucking great movie or nothing, but like for a, for a debut indie film from a guy, like it's pretty good. Like they make good use of like for, for, for not being able to afford violence, like they're able to (laughs) imply violence in a pretty major way. Like, uh, I, I'm impressed by that. There's some editing that I find very fun. Oh, sure. Like, there's that-, that first sequence where we're being introduced to the lads where like, we're like transitioning between scenes. Like they have like the camera inside the toaster where he like pulls out the money and then they have the camera inside of the soup and stuff like yeah, that yeah. sort of shit is fun to me. No, I- it's good. I, 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 I think I'm negative on this movie, but I don't want to imply that it's like a shitty movie. Like right. it, it's, it's a, it feels a little student filmy, uh-huh. and but I do think they do a lot with that. And I, I think what's weird about it is I think maybe having not seen it until literally this week, I think that I sort of mischaracterized its hype. Mm. Um, I think people were excited because it's clearly someone who has a lot of talent doing something fun and bankable with very little money yeah and that kind of turned into a lot of like film guy like film school guy hype because it was like aspirational we're like oh i could do this yes um but it isn't like what it contains isn't a very bro-y movie like it's a silly comedy about trying to get money and um failing really hard because you like aren't a professional right um it's basically a slapstick comedy like there's mm-hmm. no there's nothing there it's like yeah this is how i described it to mo as i said it's a crime comedy yeah absolutely because like even reservoir dogs like has this like self-seriousness yeah uh, which as it's aged i've only hated it more because i Mm -hmm. didn't really love it i was like it's okay no i've never really liked it very much this is this is a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously it doesn't take itself that seriously and i do appreciate it for that reason but i I think i think i was negative on it because of its i'm still i was still in its reputation Mm -hmm. like i still think of it as the movie that people thought was incredible and this cool movie uh and now that I'm talking about it, I don't know if anyone ever really ever said that to me. No, I don't think that that's... I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I, I would say that the way that I would have described it was a really fun time. I think that's sure. how I always have thought of this movie is like, it's it's a fun time. It's funny. It's goofy. It's like, it's a very fun look into like British culture or whatever. <laughs> like A it, very specific type of... Yeah, British guy, and, and whether or not it's it's accurate is I don't really give a shit. Sure, like it's 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 that was always the place that it had for me was like I I remember watching it and being like oh like fun we have fun when we watch Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels like I feel like that's why we watched it to begin with because I don't even know how I first encountered it mm-hmm. I know that I saw the trailer and we like rented it from Blockbuster for that reason. 
Um, like I, this is how far back this goes, by the way. Oh, is yeah, like, I, I definitely remember. like saw it in the blockbuster days of my life. I remember seeing it in blockbuster and reading the back mm-hmm. and it having this, what sh- it struck me as like gritty, extra cool, like yeah. sleek. Gritty is a word I would use. I'd say it's but gritty. It, but it's gritty in a like, I don't know what I'm doing. We're actually poor. Yeah. Like it's, 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 not, it's gritty in the way that a child playing in the mud is gritty. It's not gritty <laughs> in a Batman is a serious broken soul. No, it's, it's, it's a, gritty in like London is gross sort of way. Yeah. And we <laughs> want to be able to get out of it a little bit. And, yeah. Like, and, like the, like the, the train runs over their apartment. That's how gritty it is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and we don't know how to light our scenes. Well, yeah. Uh, like I like, I really liked the scene where, they break into the weed place and uh, they're hi- holding everybody hostage. And then they've just like ignored the girl. Yeah. Like, yeah she's yeah. in every scene. Yeah. They set up, but they set it up earlier where like he accidentally sits down on her and he's like, I didn't even fucking see you there. Because her dress is the same pattern as yeah. the couch. That's funny. And then like, I don't know. It's sort of like, you get a fun little setup payoff sort of thing. Right. And that's funny. I but then they make a decision where she doesn't like do anything good. She misses completely and well, then, she like, kills the one guy. She kills the like, one guy, but she should have that that should have changed the the tide. Like people should have like they just like wanted to have that joke. I think that this is a perfect example of how I feel about the movie where yeah. it's a great idea. Very clever setup payoff. But they didn't want to fuck up the story by having it do something. But they're so scripty that it doesn't actually matter. Mm-hmm. And so nothing feels like it matters in this movie. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, the, the other, the other problem with it that I really wanted to bring up because I've, I, it just like really stuck out to me this time is like, so there is like fun, inventive editing that's happening to like transition between scenes and stuff like that, that I really quite like, but there are like big editing problems elsewhere. And one of them that really stuck out like a sore thumb was like Rory as a character, uh, I don't know what it is. I have to imagine that like when they were on set with him, he was just doing such a good job of being this sort of like charming, but unhinged sort of badass weird guy (laughs) that they were like, they were just like loving what they were getting from him. But for whatever reason, every single scene of him just, they stay with him for like a beat and a half too long. Like he has a punchline where it would make perfect sense to cut here and go to the next scene. But for whatever reason, they just like keep with him for another second for him to say like understand or something like that. And you're like, shut up. Like, (laughs) why is this happening? Like he'll say something like, I'm not the type of pussy to be left with the fucking cleanup or whatever. Like, but like the, the obvious cut would be, I'm not the type of pussy to be left with the cleanup. Cut. But then for whatever reason, they like leave him staring for a second and he's like, understand me you got me <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i don't know yeah. what they're doing with no, them i feel you that yeah i feel like there's a couple of scenes like that where it's like they're whip panning out of stuff and it's it's you know they're having a good time and then with him but there's a couple things like that it's not just him but it is you're right it is every it's, time with it's him. mostly <laughs> him where it's like a like when he beats the guy to death with a fucking or no, he lights the guy on fire in oh, the yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. Like even that goes on too long. Oh yeah, and then he says at the end, he's like, even his football team even won four nil, and you're like, I didn't need to know four nil because that makes the scene stupider because it's like <laughs> the the game didn't matter. Like right, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's just a lot of like real amateur stuff, and it's an amateur yeah. movie. What's what's what is fascinating about the movie? Like I said, is 
that Guy Ritchie goes on to make Snatch, which is fun. Similar, almost exactly the same movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But be- um, it's just like a better version of this movie, You've basically. just got bigger characters, bigger stakes. Better makes, actors. If, in my memory, makes a little more sense. Uh, yeah, but Benicio the Toro is in it. Brad Pitt's in it. Jason Statham's a bigger role in that Which movie is also kind of crazy because it's like that like this movie is is from this humble origin like is is a big enough cultural phenomenon that like brad pitt and benicio del toro will be in your next movie yeah it's a huge yeah he, <laughs> like i don't think he even could have gotten them on the fucking phone for this <laughs> uh no although he got sting so who knows yeah maybe he knows people uh but then he goes on to make sherlock holmes which we like yeah. you know he he's got the jungle book the jungle aladdin i think he made the jungle book he made aladdin he for made sure. aladdin for sure yeah which man i saw that in like that weird like over smoothing setting on a tv in a doctor's <laughs> office last week wow uh couldn't believe how bad that looked i bet so bad uh but yeah he he has this very specific visual flair he ends up making all of these cool choices with shock and even snatch i haven't seen any of the other shit like rock and roll and Revolver i did see rock and roll once and i don't remember Sucks. liking it yeah he he doesn't have the most he doesn't seem like a guy who cares about stuff he wants stuff to look cool and he wants to have a fun time yeah and i think that this gets you like 70 percent of the way there i think it's a yeah, he feels like he he needs something to say for sure. But he never has something to say. He needs he needs at least a writer to like let it all have a fun time. I wonder if he wrote Snatch. I wonder huh. if he like learned like some of the issues he had with this and then just like fixed them or if he uh or if or if he hired somebody. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I I am very interested at like what would, like what would a Guy Ritchie directed somebody else written movie even look like? I mean, I don't think he wrote. Uh, I don't think he wrote. Uh, yeah, he wrote Snatch too. I don't think he wrote uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, maybe I'm not. sure that was a Hollywood thing. Um, and those are you know very well put oh, together. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess he doesn't. <laughs> I guess he doesn't write Aladdin. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um so i think i think he's a good director i think he definitely has a great eye for stuff and i don't think he's a great writer yeah that the sherlock holmes screenplay is by three random people yeah um king arthur legend of the sword (laughs) oh yeah he wrote all that he Uh. wrote man from uncle he wrote the gentleman the wrath of man He's writing no, all he's kinds made, of stuff. He's, he's made, made a lot of, of movies. He's got a Golden Raspberry Award. Yeah, for Swept Away, right? I've never heard of Swept Away. That's the movie he made with Madonna after he married her. Oh, wow. He made a BMW commercial with her, too. Uh, that was when Clive Owen was being the driver. Yeah. Those were cool. I liked them. Uh, but yeah, so I think that this movie... I, I don't think I can recommend it. Like, I don't not recommend it. Like, if you want to yeah. see this, go for it. It's not bad. No, I think, like, I think if you're interested in, like... If you love Snatch and you love, like, Run, Lola, Run and movies that are sort of just, like, I about, think if you even like Snatch, I feel like you'll like this movie. Yeah, you'll like it. It's fine. You'll have a fun time watching it. I personally, I recommend it. I think it's an interesting piece of film history. I think it's it's... 
it's an example of aping the Tarantino style well. Like I, you know, there's a lot of movies that did a garbage job of it. So I, I'm. That's true. I it's, think it's interesting to compared see compared to like, Boondock Saints and yeah, this actually became a launching pad for a real director who did real things. So it's an interesting piece of film history. I feel, and it's the beginning of the Jason Statham thing, and that's worth something. Sure. Uh, it, it is. I don't. Want, I. I definitely feel like I've come off very sour on it. When I watched it, I was like, "That was a silly movie." Yeah. But it, I did have fun watching it. It wasn't. It wasn't bad in any way. It's. It's yeah. just. I think it's an early movie from a young director. That's just not. We can't all. We can't all be Ari Aster. You know. We can't yeah. all have like a hot. You know, first fucking movie out the gates. That's true. And I think that. I think that, I don't know. I don't want to turn anyone off of watching it. Like, if you're thinking about watching it, if if a crime comedy, slapsticky, uh, yeah, if like a low budget indie, you know, like, don't expect to come into this and see like any sort of like cool gore or anything like that. No, but like, it's not even going to blow your mind with visuals. Yeah. Like, it's okay. It doesn't look that good. Yeah. Even the inventive, fun editing stuff isn't going to like blow your it's, mind, it's, it, but it's going to be like, oh, fun. He's having fun. Right. Sure. But I mean, like he even at the time, it was sort of music video standard stuff. Like, sure. Yeah. It, it's not like he's really reinventing the wheel of like slow I, motion and whip pans. No. What I was comparing it to in my mind was like, um, like Edgar Wright, like uh, um, Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead sort of shit where like you have these like fun transitions of like fast cuts to like visual gag stuff yeah like i was thinking of that with like the soup and whatever where i'm like that's fun other people do it better but like when you compare it to the vast majority of scene transitions you're like hey good for you man fun time you're doing something else Uh, you know you're not just doing a cut you're not just doing a wipe you're doing something fun (laughs) yes i think I think the only thing is that I was a little bit pedantic. I was I was I was coming into the movie expecting it to wow me or like mm-hmm. either be gritty or have something to say. Nothing and to that's say. That's not really fair. Empty head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> head Just empty. vibes. All vibes. Uh it it has nothing to say. It has nothing to really do anything but try and make you laugh and have a fun high octane yeah. time. And I think it Besides my big pedantic stuff with the the fact that some of it just doesn't make sense and it's so scripty, it's fine. It's a fun movie. Yeah. It's it's primary purpose is to try to make you laugh and to try to make you be like, ooh, look, everything came together at the end. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's kind of the big thing of it is like we haven't really said it too clearly here, but like a big part of the whole thing is that like all the little stories interlock at the end. They all lead to each other. They all pay off. And it's, it's, it's trying to do the sort of the feeling you get from Pulp Fiction or Magnolia yeah. or something where it's like... Or like a I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> oh, yeah. That it's is like an action like yeah, I yeah. Heart Huckabees. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just... I want to say that it is a solid five. Maybe a six, you know? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's, a, it's a fun little movie. It's got some big problems. And I was a little let down, I think, because of some of its... I think it, because of some of its reputation yeah. as being like an indie wonderkind, super cool movie. And I think if you just go into it and being like, it's sort of a worse Ocean's Eleven, but 
has like this British funniness to it, yeah, you're gonna like it. You're it's a fine like movie. It. So don't. When I say recommend, I would say don't soft, rush. Soft recommend. It's very soft recommend. Don't rush out and see it. But if you were gonna watch it, throw it on. It's yeah. a fun, fun time. It's it's a movie that if you if you're the type of person who watches the movies that we watch every week or whatever, like you're not gonna you're hate not it. gonna have a bad time watching it. No, you're not gonna have a bad. time. There's nothing in this movie that is like so egregious that it's like fuck this movie. Yeah, it's the most egregiously poor thing in the entire movie is the lighting in the bar. Yeah, that's the worst <laughs> thing in the movie, and some of the script elements. But I would say the lighting in the bar is worse than the script elements <laughs> that are bad. <laughs> yeah. The lighting in the bar is like fucking atrocious. <laughs> it's like. It's just got bumps on it. It's just yeah. like it's not sanded down. And I bet he would even like, you know. I'm sure he hates he, it. He even at the time, <laughs> I bet, would have said like if I had the money, if I had a year or two extra, like whatever, like this could have been a way better movie. Yeah. And he just, the next movie he did, it was just make it again yeah. better. And that that's the biggest reason I w- I'm sort of like, don't watch it. It's just like, just watch, just watch Snatch. Snatch. If you haven't seen Snatch, watch Snatch. Watch don't Snatch. watch this. It's cool. It's I, way better. I mean, I yeah. haven't watched that since I was a kid, but I remember having a lot more fun. Even just for Brad Pitt's performance alone, it's Which worth is, it. Yes. I mean, I always think of Jason Statham being like, yeah, I like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, he, they're just like more snappy dialogue, more yeah. fun characters. So it's cool. And more fun transitions now that I'm thinking about it. The the fun of, of the guy who comes back and forth from America all the time. Yep. And you have like, like the, the last snappy, thing. Like, the last little thing where he's like, do you have anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to fucking England. <laughs> <laughs> it's a funnier movie. Yeah, it's a better uh, movie. And, and then like when like Brad Pitt gets knocked out and he's fucking like planking in the air yeah. and that, that kind of slow motion is so much more impressive and but well those shot. are even, I mean, now I'm thinking about it. Like those, those flight transitions are very Edgar Wrighty. Yep. And I'm wondering. I think it's before. I think it's before. Yeah. Yeah. So Did Edgar Wright get inspired by Snatch? Absolutely. I think that he starts with this. He's got a bunch of energy and ideas that are just so unpolished and unsanded down in this movie. Yeah. But people saw the the hype and the vibe that yeah. he got to do Snatch and become a big director. Yeah. So I'm definitely watching Snatch this week. I think he deserved it though. Like I. Again, I I feel like I'm going to be misunderstood because of how negative I was at the beginning. It's so rough, but he this you can definitely see if you saw this in 1996. It's 96, right? I think it's 98. Oh, if you saw this in 1998, you'd be like, this guy's got some fun stuff going for him. He deserved to do Snatch, and he deserved to do all the other stuff he yeah. did. So, fine movie. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. That's the episode. This has been Generation Loss. Uh, If you'd like to hear more of our show, we're doing a fun project where we are revisiting the past and going through the entirety of our episodes and ranking what is the best movie we've ever seen and what is the worst on this show. And we're doing that over on patreon.com slash generation loss, where we usually talk about the movie news. We are going to start reconfiguring what we do over there. Uh, it's gonna for be fun. It's gonna be more fun. We have a good time. So go over there, listen to the bonus episodes every week, uh, and you'll get access to all the ones we've done before. You'll get access to the Discord where you can hang out with us, ask us questions. Uh, hey, write us an email at generationlosspod dot at gmail.com gmail. which i can't say for some reason uh but in the discord we also play the movie we're going to be talking about on 
Monday. Uh, and uh, other than that, follow us on Twitter at GenLostPod. Follow us individually from there. And until then, that's, that's movies. movies.